ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by Zadok Jewelers, KFNC and KFNC HD2, Mont Bellevue, Houston. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. It's a welcome back Sunday. It's a I'm glad you're still alive, Josh, Sunday. And this is a Moneyline Sunday. You know how we do it every single Sunday on ESPN 97.5. There's not any football on the horizon, but we're going to talk a little bit about it. We're talking about Watson right now, and that's what's going to lead us to the HRMP listener line because Lamont has got a little bit to talk about the situation. What's going on, Lamont? Hey, man, what's the deal? Uh, uh, I heard uh, Josh talking about people, uh, fans that's going to eventually turn on uh, Deshaun Watson. Well, you can count me in that boat. I, I already returned on him. Uh, you don't want to be here? I'm not going to teach your ass to be here. Uh, and that's, and, and that's pretty much that. But I did have something else to say, man. Why I say that? Uh, initially, I was I was on with uh, uh, you know Fred Fowler and uh, a couple other people talking about the trades because I do believe that it'll be easier to build this team up with trading them. But then I started thinking about the Texans, man. Uh, I mean, maybe we're giving them too much credit. Uh, if the Texans were awarded four or five first round picks in a couple of seconds or whatever, do you really trust that team to do the right thing with those picks? And let me say something else before. He started jumping on Casario uh, and coming from uh, uh, the Patriots. It's not like the Patriots draft really well, man. Well, to be honest, the Patriots always uh, drafted in the back for the uh, most part, but they don't got no stellar, no, 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 no stellar record of draft picks, man. Uh, uh, but in other words, I think I'm saying is, on the one hand, we call it uh, Texas stupid, and then, on the other hand, we saying that they need to trade somebody and get picks, and uh, we're going to we're going to trust them guys to make the right decisions with the picks. That's kind of crazy to me. That's all I have, fellas. That's a That's, lot of trust. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of trust because it's simple to say, well, yeah, if they get the round, these round picks, these fir- this amount of first round picks, and, and then these guys, then you start plugging guys in, but then they, it has to work out. Do you trust the Texans with what you've been shown before? Man, I trust them. They're going to pick the right guys. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that to our other guy that called, and he said, man, what if they do these and then they get these picks? I'm not even sure that those guys, if they were there available to pick, they would get them. No. It, it, that's the thing is you got to trust that they're going to make good decisions with these draft picks. Now, to be fair, I'm going to bring up an example here, and Nick Casario is, is new, so we can't blame this on him. But like last year when they took Ross Blacklock, I would have liked them to got Jonathan Taylor right there. I mean, he looks like he might be one of the best running backs in the NFL you already. saw what he was. Yes, and they went one uh, – Blacklock went pick 40 overall, and Taylor went pick 41. They could have had Jonathan Taylor, and they might have considered him if they wouldn't have made that boneheaded decision and traded for David Johnson. And then, what, the year before that, gave up a third-round pick for Duke Johnson? I mean, just terrible decisions. So, look, we can't blame that on Casario because that was a Bill O'Brien Easter Bee project. That, that, that did the Blacklock trade or draft pick, which is not looking great. Blacklock is he hasn't impressed me yet, so that concerns me. But to Lamont's point, the Patriots don't have a good record of drafting in the last few years either. So, and Casario's been there. Now, who knows if you know if it's Belichick and it's his it's his picks, and Casario hasn't had the final say on those. 
But either way, it, it's concerning to say the least. Now, talking about those two guys that you brought up, David Johnson, Duke Johnson, what do you do with these guys? Because versus cap casualties, let's call it, David Johnson, $6.7 million in savings. Duke Johnson, $5 million. Are these no-brainers? Yep, get rid of them. You don't need them. And what's, what's terrible about the David Johnson deal is $2 million of his 2021 contract with the Texans has already been guaranteed based on what he did last year. So even though you're what he do, uh, he played X number of games that was in his contract. So you're already going to have to pay two of that million bucks for David Johnson this year, even even if you cut him. But yeah, I think you cut both of those guys. You can find running backs, man. You know, there's no reason to pay that that kind of money to a running back, especially on a bad team. You know, it's like, you know, getting a great closer on a baseball team that's going to be terrible. You know, it doesn't make any sense. You don't need to be paying running backs a lot of money when your team's not going to be good. And we've even seen it with the Zeke Elliott. You know, the Cowboys are, Cowboys fans are like, man, we paid that guy a lot. You know, and, and look at Pollard over here. He's cheap, and he looks pretty good. So what happens with, okay, we spoke about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm talking about cap casualties. If – they were to get another quarterback in Garoppolo with his no trade clause doesn't end up going and they make a deal outside of Garoppolo. He's still got twenty three point six million on the books. At one point they're talking about that he might even get cut. He might. So, so is there really a need for Garoppolo at that? Or is it or is it at the end of this story, at the end of this of this of this fairy tale, he ends up back with, with the Patriots? He might. But what's crazy to me is I mean Two years ago, he had a lead in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? He was. What happens if, yeah. if he doesn't give up that lead? Things are different right but now. Things obviously. are totally different. He's a Super Bowl champ, and he had a big lead. You know, Mahomes had that historic comeback, but I mean, Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl two years ago, and, and he played pretty well until the end of the game. So, how quickly things can change in the NFL? It was that uh, that porn star. <laughs> I need a timeline on when that happened. Uh-huh. Other guys, Cameron Brait, for example. What happens over there with uh, Gronk and then O.J. Howard? Does Gronk come back? He said he's coming back. So then him coming back, do they? O.J. Howard's there, cutting break six point five million. Is that because we saw what he can do? We we did. You know, O.J. Howard's been banged up, has not panned out for them. But you know, paying break that much. I think they might move on. Then again, you know, Brady likes to have those inside tight ends and receivers. A lot of it probably depends on what if Chris Godwin comes back. Another guy that they have to make decisions yeah. on. It. And I'm just saying, I bring up those guys because then you have other guys like, all right, let's talk tight ends. Hunter Henry. Yeah, he's going to make some money. Um, wh- where where do we rank Hunter Henry? Inside the top five? Oof. Let's say one and two is solidified. So then let's start talking three to seven. Is he in that three to seven range to make him a top oh, ten yeah. guy? How, how about three to, three to six range? Yeah, I think he's right in there. I'd put him in, you know, around – Four or five. Look, when he's healthy, he's really good. It's just, you know, health has been an issue for him. How about health of John Brown in the Bills? He's also a guy that if he gets cut $7.9 million, is there a market for John Brown or a Jamison Crowder? I mean, there's definitely a market for him. But the good news is we saw the, the salary cap floor come out over the last week, and it's it's not as, you know, it's not as low as everybody anticipated. So hopefully – there's going to be more money being spent than initially thought. So those guys will find a spot for sure. 
and that's kind of the thing with Sam Darnold, right? He's been throwing to Jamison Crowder and a bunch of guys, you know, with Adam Gase running the offense. Like, what kind of chance did he have? We don't even know what he, who he really is. Now, another name that has come up here in Houston before whenever the team was in need of a tackle, Trent Brown. Yeah. What do you do with him? A guy that's missed, what, 16 games in two years. But then, remember, he was a hot commodity. He was the guy that's saying, yeah, bring in Trent Brown. But then right now the, the Raiders can cut him and say $14 million with no penalty. And then they'll probably do it. I mean, it's just you can't pay that much. Those guys, if you're going to pay them that much on the offensive line, they got to play and they got to produce or you got to move on. How about my Cowboy fans and Jalen Smith? Is he a guy that you keep around or can you save the $7.2 million? What do you think, Dallas fans out there? Go ahead and hit us up, 713-780-3776. Is, is he a guy that you – that you pay again, or or do you make a move now that Dallas has the new defensive coordinator? They got to fix that defense, and they, you know, they got to bring Dak back. I mean, in just my, my opinion, they do. Even if you have to franchise him again, because that that division is highly winnable. I don't, you know, Washington, Philly. I mean, we we know what the Giants are. Those teams don't scare you. They ultimately lock down Dak. You think? I think so. And I've heard all these crazy rumors of like Dak for Deshaun you know like we haven't even talked about that on the show I think I think Deshaun would want to go to the Cowboys you know what I mean man just the thought of Deshaun in a helmet of the Cowboys I know Houston fans would freak out oh man do you think that that all the all all the uh, puzzle pieces connect from every side that need to be do they have enough equity do they have the traits do do they have the want would Jerry Jones make that move how tied are they to Dak? I mean, obviously they they didn't get the long term deal done, so they don't. Jerry's not for sure about him. He still has some questions, clearly. But I will say this: as a Texans fan, I'd rather have Dak than Sam Darnold or Tua or Locke or any of those guys. Those guys you might not even have in your helmet running your team in two years. Yeah. That's that's my issue with making this trade for these guys for example the broncos and, and i hate to see them be the leaders in the clubhouse right now as far as betting you that means you have to take a chance on drew lock how long is that chance is it the chance that you try to start tying drew lock to to to, to cully and say man you know let's let's let them ride three years four years together cully's here for five maybe he doesn't make it to there maybe he makes it to year three at year three do you finally say all right, this was a disaster. Lock didn't pan out. Cully's gone. Let's let's redo this. That would be a nightmare scenario. It would. I mean, as a Texans fan, I'm just thinking, like, God, are we really talking about this? You know, this like, is our reality. Watson now. shouldn't be on the table. Like, there, there shouldn't be a talk about this. No, and that's how they're handling it. But we know that Deshaun wants out. You bring up that Broncos deal. You better be sending me Jerry Judy in that trade too. And who else, though? Yeah, I, I mean. mean yeah, and they're cutting Von Miller, it looks like, and he's over the hill. You don't want him. He's got outside troubles, all types of stuff going on, just random stuff. Just what deal – you ask yourself, what deal makes it right? Because the ones that are in the lead right now, it requires you taking that quarterback. And I don't want any of those quarterbacks. No. I don't want Tua. I don't want Darnold. I don't want Garoppolo. I don't either. No thanks. That's what's the challenge here, too, and it's like we talked about earlier. Sean has that no trade clause. It really limits what you're going to be able to get done. Like the Trevor Lawrence trade, if if I had to trade him, that I would actually be like, huh, that's not terrible. You know, I would especially if they sent another pick over here for that. Because then you have him on a rookie deal. 
all that cap space opens up. You know, maybe you could fix the defense, and then in a year or two, you're competing for the playoffs. How about a deal where you don't end up getting a quarterback, but you end up getting a pick that puts you in contention to get Fields or Wilson, and then you build off of that? Would you rather have a team that, and I saw Crystal ask this on Twitch, a team that's complete with no quarterback or a team that has a quarterback that's not complete? Well, we've seen it both ways, right? I think of the Matt Schaub Texans years, you know, where they had a great defense and Arian Foster was a badass. And Schaub was not quite good enough to get you over the hump, you know. And so I'd rather have the good quarterback because they're harder to find. But you also see, you know, Garoppolo with the Niners, you know, two years ago, and they were in the Super Bowl. That was a team with a meh quarterback but a really good team around him. I think you can do it both ways, but you've already got Deshaun. Try and make it work. We'll try to make it work. we got 45 minutes left till we leave you in a good Sunday, a the weather's back Sunday. It's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Make you wanna. Take you wanna spend a fifth and hit the same with a donut. Whole team full of queens, gotta keep their eyes on. ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Former Red Sox outfielder Johnny Damon was arrested in Florida early Friday. Headline here that caught my attention, though, is alcohol level above .20. How high is that (laughs) for someone that doesn't understand I think it's like .08 now is the legal limit. It used to be .1, and then they lowered it. So, I mean, .2? Dude. (laughs) Yeah, .08 is drunk according to the law. Uh, I haven't done, like, because we used to get those little pocket breathalyzers at, like, uh, Walgreens and stuff in college and toss them around at parties. It was way before COVID where you just pour a little whiskey on it. Yeah, that's sanitized, and then everybody would do it. Uh God, I'm trying to think about how bad it felt last time I got anywhere close to a point oh eight. But what's the highest you've you've gauged yourself? Uh, I think the worst I ever got to was a one point two. Okay, I'm just saying, or a point one two. Sorry, not a one point two. Uh, but oh my, yeah, he's. You said two point oh, or point two oh, point two oh. Yeah. Okay, point two oh. So he's more than double over the legal limit. Yeah. And it's like what, like eight in the morning? I think is where they had him, and he was when they pulled him over. I was yeah. telling Jerry during the break, like that sounds like one of those strip club nights, you know? Where oh you're, yeah, you're still drunk. Where you you leave the strip club and you open the door and the sun hits you in the face. That's and, the worst feeling. Like you, you're you dragging know, your little cooler out, and, and, and the cooler's got a few empties in it, a few full. And it's got the, the water down ice, right? And you're out there sitting there with your buddies, like, man, what what are we gonna do now? You get to the car. You go to some ghetto ass strip club. Where you have to bring your own BYOB. cooler. Get out of here. That no, eighteen and up. Yeah, or that twenty one and up. Yeah. Whatever, whichever one it is. Your, your little coolers all covered in glitter, and <laughs> stale beer. Then you had to like a an IHOP or something like that. But I think at the report, Johnny Damon had his wife with him. So I don't know what they were doing to, to be that hammered. But hey, it sounds like Johnny Damon can party, man. Yeah, no, I just the picture is what I caught because you say, man, all right, let me let me take a look. Usually, when you see someone on these reports that late, they look all types of messed up, right? Their, their hair is all one way. They're they're looking crooked eyed. Just 
not him. He looks like who's yeah. got who's got the beer, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Passed me another one. I'm starting to lose my buzz. I don't want to get below a point two. And you know that feeling again when the, when the sun comes out and you've been drinking, or whenever you're talking about the question of when do they start selling beer again? Yeah. <laughs> when that question comes up, then you need to take your ass to sleep. No, it, that reminds me. Look at this story with this uh, Columbia University professor. This guy can party too. He should be go hanging out with Johnny Damon. He says, and I quote: "There aren't many things in life that I enjoy more than a few lines by the fireplace." He's talking about heroin, by the way. At the end of the day, he writes out. He points out that it leaves him refreshed and prepared to face another day. The Columbia University professor just, you know, likes to do a little little heroin every now and then. I like how you stopped and said it's, it's heroin because yes. th- there's there's stages to to the to the way that drugs should be addressed, right? Like whenever someone says weed, and then when whenever it goes from weed to coke, then you like you kind of look at him like coke. Whenever it goes from coke to heroin, you, you snap your neck again. You're like heroin. I mean, now we're talking about some heavy duty stuff here. Yeah, he said he experiences. Uh, Mild withdrawal symptoms 12 to 16 hours after the last dose. But as he sees it, the discomfort is a worthwhile trade-off. <laughs> From a professor. From, yeah, Columbia. This isn't like some tiny junior college or something. That's why I don't, I don't, uh, I guess I'd rather him be that way at that age than around my kids at, at, at a, you know. At a, yeah. <laughs> I told you before, I've had, I've had friends that were the, the, the mouse at Chuck E. Cheese under there eating mushrooms. <laughs> You know, I think back now that I have, but kids, not mushrooms from the pizzas, right? No, we're talking about the magical kind. Um, I just think back now, at the time, you were like, "Man, that's hilarious." Now I'm like thinking, "That's terrifying." Yes, like if if I always check the mouse when I walk into Chucky now, like I analyze him real careful. Like, all right, how's he walking? He looks kind of normal. I'll go talk to him, kind of have a one on one when no one's around. Like, how you doing today? And they they try to stay in character. And yeah. they'll just they'll just nod at you, and you're like, "No, how are you doing?" And then they'll finally answer you like, I'm doing all right, sir. Yeah. I can't talk. Yeah, this guy's, he's a good kid. My guy, on the other hand, though, like I told you, he was in there sweating. We dropped him off after eating the mushrooms. We dropped him off. We said, man, this isn't going to go good. Um, Meanwhile, he was supposed to do an eight-hour shift. We picked him up. I think it was hour like three. And he, he at the time, there wasn't even cell phones. I remember it was a pager. He pages, and we're thinking, what the hell? We call the number back, and, and he's like, yeah, come pick me up. I just got fired. <laughs> and we're, we're thinking, what? So we pull up, and he comes out, and he's just sweating, pouring sweat because he's been under that suit. Yep. So what happened? He just said, man, he, if you don't remember, Chuck E. Cheese used to serve beer. Yeah, that's right. Way back, Chuck E. Cheese used to have beer. Well, he said he he got to a point where he was so hot under that that suit that he sat down and started drinking beer. <laughs> I kept thinking, just imagine if you're in Chuck E. Cheese and you see the mouse over there. He just takes off. The yeah, head. he breaks the fourth wall and takes the head off. You freaks out all the kids. Your kids are just tarnished. <laughs> they're just thinking, what in the hell is Chucky doing? And Chucky's over there. Finally, they come over there and they told him, they're like, bro, you can't be doing this, especially on the clock when you're supposed to be the mouse. He said he took it off, put it back. They had like a little stand back there, and he said he walked out and waited for us out in the front, still still shrooming, as they call it. <laughs> Come on, wag the tail. You're better than that. <laughs> now, can I kill off this segment here with some other crazies? Orange County Sheriff's Office has released body camera video from an incident in Central Florida where two young women reportedly dressed up as grannies to try to get the COVID vaccine. I saw that. That's where we're at in life right now. You know, you've seen people try to dress up 
as, I guess, certain things to try to maybe sneak into a concert or, or whatever the case is, to whatever the case is that you... But now we're at a place to where they I, I had to click the video because I'm thinking, how much, like, grannies did they look? I mean, the... And what do grannies really look like in Florida? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Just smoke a little mess yeah. and go up there. Um, she had, like, the classic granny, like, that gray that gray hair that's, like, the fake. You knew it, and, and it was kind of like in a bun. I'm thinking, what in the hell? And then I think I started digging into it because is there charges to go along with this? Is there is there some kind of repercussions or is it kind of just you shouldn't have done this? And that's what they have. They're in the video. They got their face mask on and whatnot. But it's actually a good video, a good idea, because if you have the face mask and you have a mask on and you put on the granny wig, I mean, they have to really be looking at you just to to say, no, you're not. One of them was, I believe, 40 and 34, 36, somewhere around there. That's where we are in the trying to sneak in the, the COVID shot. Man, if you're in Florida and you're a 40-year-old and you, you're all about that tanning life, you might have those wrinkles just kind of naturally going on. So I'm surprised they didn't get away with it. You, you you would take a COVID shot right now if they would give it to you? I would, yeah. No no questions asked? Look, obviously you have concerns. You have to hope that the you know the doctors, the people in charge, you know, believe it's safe and know what they're doing. But, yeah, you know, from, from what I'm hearing – you know, you're seeing a lot of health professionals take it, a lot of doctors. So, yeah, I would take it. Uh, my wife's already taken it. So, yeah. She's I, taken both? No, she's because it hasn't been the full month, so she's had the one dose. But I guess you'd go take the second one in, in like a week or two. So, you know, you, you don't feel good, you know, I hear for some people, you know, for a day or so after you take it. But, uh, you know, after that, you know, you, you feel okay in most cases. Look, everybody's different, right? We everybody's body chemistry is a little bit different. It's going to react a little bit different to it. So you know that going in. There is some some risk involved. And from what I'm understanding, I think they were going in for their second one. So wow. So maybe they got away with it. But, again, uh, I, I'm, I'm team just give it to me at yeah. this point. Just I'll take it, I guess. Just give it to me, you know, anything at this point, even though I've, I've had COVID. Yeah, and I can't – I would do it too. I saw a story the other day that, like, you know, like a third of – uh, people in the military that are being offered it are, are declining it. You know, like thirty three percent are just like, nah, I'm good. No, thank you. Thirty three percent. Yeah. You so. t- you team no shot or, or shot right now? If they offered it to you, Aaron. Uh, well, I haven't decided if I would actually take it. But if they offered it to me right now, I'd say no. Give it to somebody who actually needs it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not worried about it for me. Makes sense. And NBA is getting that I, right now too with the players saying that they're not sure if they want it. Yeah. I, I mean, MLB players, too. I mean, Dusty Baker talked last week. At the end of last week, they asked him, and he said, you know, I got mine, but there's nothing you're going to do to convince a professional athlete they have to do something. Like, no matter what you want to tell them, they're not going to take something into their body that think not only could, you know, we don't know the long-term effects of this, but also could do anything to jeopardize them making money in the future. I mean... A lot of athletes, you look at it and you go, well, what if this puts me out in a hospital and I lose, you know, I lose either time playing or I lose something that makes me so good at what I am. Is, is, does Tom Brady take a shot or do you, does he look at it like I'm not putting that in my body? Man, I don't know. That's a Does it come with avocado? Yeah, if it comes with avocado ice cream and a bunch of beer, I think he's in. Man, that was awesome to watch that made me like tom brady even more watching him so drunk that his buddies had to like 
walk him off the boat. And walk he looked him. like weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Straight like, up. I said, they weekend at Bernie's this, man. That looked like a good time. Hopefully, yeah. we give you a good time. We've got 30 minutes left, and I'm going to give you that big bet. I promise you, no more teasing it in the next segment. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. We're taking a break. Okay. That's cool. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. Phone lines are open, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 on Twitter. You can come hang out with us on Twitch. Shout out to everyone on Twitch. Donna says she finally got her water back this morning. Thank you, God. Shout out to Donna. Enjoy that water. Take you a nice shower, and hopefully we can get past this. But, again, shout out to everyone that hangs out with us on Twitch. We uh, we truly appreciate it. Now let's get – we talked about quarterbacks, and we're talking about specifically the one here in town because – that's that's the talk going around all the whole league. That it seems like every time a, a domino piece falls, then it, it's how does that affect the Watson trade? How do, how, how does that affect what Watson is worth? Well, now maybe I was a little pre, a bit premature because we were thinking that because Rivers went out and 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 retired right away, maybe Drew Brees was doing the same. Um, I looked at what he was telling Winston. I saw that video on that sideline, and he told him, "This is your team now." Maybe it was being caught up in the moment. It's an emotion, a moment. You're losing in a playoff game. You didn't expect it to go that way. But here we are. Now is there's news coming out that Breeze might come back? It's just a rumor because we had that report from Jay Glazer, you know, a tweet. And that was, uh, let's see, January 17th. That this is, you know, Breeze's last game. He's going to retire. That was from Jay Glazer. But there's some, some internet rumors that Drew Brees might be coming back. And he did make a a deal with the Saints where he, he changed his contract to where he's making almost, like, no money, like like league minimum or something like that to clear up a bunch of cap space for him. So by all his actions, it looks like he is going to retire, but we are seeing these rumors that maybe he's changed his mind. Now, they're not, they're not verified. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but there's a lot of people that are seeing this on Twitter and what do you think Saints fans' reactions are to this rumor? Do you think they're hopeful that he might be coming back, or do you think they're like, nah, it's time for you to, to shut it down? 713-780-3776. If you're a Saints fan, I don't think the text line's actually working, so I don't even want to tell you to text it, but call in. We want to hear from you. If you think, what was your initial thought whenever you first heard him say that he was leaving? Was it kind of a, a I hate to say, that you're glad that it happened finally, but at the same time kind of thinking, man, it was just time. It was just time. It's hard to move on from a a franchise-type quarterback like that that means so much, that's been there so long. But when it's all said and done, how many missed opportunities are we going to remember that team from? Because some would say, no, they had a lot of success, which they did. They did. But how many missed opportunities? How many games did they lose in the playoffs when they finally got there and, and and they were the better seed. How many games did they lose in the playoffs being the favorite? Let's let's word it like that. I think more times than none, the games they lost, they were favored in, in the playoffs. Yeah, and Breeze, the last couple 
he hasn't played that well, right? Like Kirk Cousins outplayed him two years ago. Remember, they went into the Superdome and beat him, I the remember. Vikings. And then this past year, you know, he, he lost to Tom Brady, and Brees didn't play very well in that game. But we always hear players talk about that, right? Like, it's better not to make that decision on retiring when you're caught up in the emotion right around the game. Like, give yourself a couple weeks to decompress and see how you feel then. So you wonder, you know, if there is any truth to these rumors that Breeze has gotten away from it a little bit. Maybe he doesn't want that to be the last memory, you know, of playing football there. They have been a playoff team and been good. But let me ask you this. Are they better with Taysom Hill or or Jameis Winston, in your opinion, going forward? I think the offense, you can open it up more. There's more of an offensive playbook to go to. I know that for sure. Yeah, I, we know that we know that he can't get the ball. But then maybe it does in his head. He he thinks in the form of, I need to come back because those last two seasons I was broken. Yeah, like that wasn't even me. I, I I shouldn't even have been out there. I want my last shot to go out there. Does does maybe seeing Tom Brady excel still maybe rub you in the wrong way? Sitting there on your couch thinking. Watching Tom Brady go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it again? Thinking, yeah. why not me? We beat that team. He's younger than Tom. You know, we beat that team and beat him up bad. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. I mean, it's got to run through your mind, right? You know, Tom's talking about coming back and, and doing it again. And Breeze is saying, I'm going to shut it down. Brady's out there already practicing yeah. again. I mean, that's got it. You know, if you're Drew Brees, you know he's a big competitor, man. Part of him has got to feel like to your point Jerry like he had a really bad injury this year you know with the ribs and the lung issues he was broken those are bad injuries so you know he's got to think in the back of his mind like man if, if I'm right you know and I and I get this opportunity again I, I think we can win he's got a great team around him you know I mean Kamara's no joke man Michael Thomas like that's a good football team you now having that team around him is, is I think what what leads him to say let me give it one more yeah let now, me give it one more. Then you have Michael Thomas saying, the only reason I played through my injuries is because I thought it was your last. No, no doubt about it. It, it does make you think because, you know, if Brady's going to do it again, and God, what if – and imagine how he'll feel if he does shut it down this year and then Brady comes back and wins another one. In his division, you know, in the NFC, it, it's got to be eating at him. At this point, Brady's run is bad for all, all – veteran old men quarterbacks because it gives them that sense of belief that you know what let me give it one more let me let me let me give it one more one more and usually when a quarterback is 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 debating that one more it's usually not good to be a quarterback you have to have that certain mindset and I'm not going to say every situation because I know we can dig up some and say man he wasn't even going to play that year and look but for the most part if you're already thinking halfway checked out and something has to bring you back and you've been broken physically and mentally because he was hurt and they've been beat whenever they've been favored. And it's happened multiple times. When do you just say, you know what, that's just who we are? What makes him believe, hey, if I come back, we're going to win the Super Bowl? I'm not sure of that. We, Michael Thomas can't even be trusted anymore physically and mentally, actually, him as well. No, I mean, we we heard all those rumors. Remember, Sean Payton had to shut it down about you know trading Michael Thomas and Remember, they had to suspend him for getting in some fight. So there's been some issues over there with the Saints for sure. But, I mean, that's a good football team. It's a good defense. Defense is there. I mean, they could stop the run. They got two good cornerbacks. Um, That team is built to win. 
But I ask, that's why I ask it in that form. It seems like every year we say, almost every year you say that about the about the Saints. Man, that, that team is good. That, that, you, you may be not putting them great, but you always say, man, that's a solid team. Then you go look at the record, they're great. And then they come into that first playoff game, and then they lose somehow. Some of that magic in the Superdome doesn't quite seem to be there anymore, especially in the playoffs. And from a gambling perspective, that's something that I would always use back in the day, the Superdome angle, yeah, especially after uh, Hurricane Katrina. Uh, after that, I mean, it was it was man. You playing in the Superdome? It was almost like the Seahawks playing there in a primetime game as well, using that angle. But then that slowly declined, and I think it has to be with you have to tie that to the way that breezes declined. They're not that team that would get it down the field on you and just dice you up. They're not the Colston and those teams. Remember, they would go down there and throw it down the field on you, and, and it was just boom, 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 boom. Get to the line quick. Sometimes they'd go no huddle early in the game and just boom, 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 touchdown, touchdown. They're not that team anymore. They were more methodical. Let's run this. Let's let's put in another a, a, a guy that's a gadget kind of quarterback on third downs and just to move the chains. You know, just they they weren't the same uh, Saints team that whenever Bree started in. I think that obviously has to be tied to what his arm was able to do. Yeah, and that's the one thing with Tom. You know, Brady, his his arm isn't quite what it was before, but he can still get it down the field. With Breeze, he he can't. The safeties don't respect that he can get it over their head anymore. Um, but you know, we see this with you know with Brett Favre. Is he going to retire? He's not going to retire. He comes back. It's not crazy to think that that Breeze might come back and play, but as a handicapper, if you were doing the, the win-loss total for the Saints this coming year, would you predict them to win more games with Taysom Hill slash Winston or with Breeze returning? Man, that's such tough. That's such a tough one because I saw Hill in a game, and, and I, but then I also saw them go up against defenses that maybe weren't ready for him that one week. And then I see him the, – the, the, there was a reason why they didn't start him consecutive weeks, though. Remember, there, there's a reason – to me, there's a reason that he's not the full-time guy. They know that he excels so much at what he does that I don't think we can make him a full-time guy. I don't I don't want to see Taysom Hill drop back 25, 30 times and throw that ball. I just I don't want to see that. Maybe, maybe I need to see it more before I believe it. But at the same time, Jameis, he... His problem wasn't that he isn't any good. His problem was that mentally he, he, he's a turnover machine. We saw him go for 30 and 30. Like we, he can move the ball, but then he can also give the ball away, and that's the problem with him. Can the Saints take a step backwards with Winston and put themselves in predicaments? Because that's one thing that Breeze, well, I'm not going to say ever, because that's how they lost that Minnesota game. If you think back, that one that you're talking about, that was a pick in that that, that overtime. Bad remember pick. that pick? It was underthrow. Underthrow. He was trying to get deep. That's how you remember into that. double coverage. That's how you remember that game. This game might be more the Jared Cook fumble. <laughs> That changed yeah. this whole game. If that fumble doesn't happen, the, the Saints were driving. They yes. were going to go down there and score. Brady wasn't looking all that great. What happened? No, no doubt about it. It can swing so quickly. But to your point about Jameis, he, Tom Brady took his exact team, basically, and went and won the Super Bowl with it this year. You know, just like that. Quarterback makes a difference, man. We've got one segment left, and I'm going to take you to France. We're going to bet PSG. We're going to bet Monaco, and I'm going to tell you exactly where you stick your money because we only got one segment left. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Last segment before you can go and enjoy your Sunday. You're back to someone normal to see uh, Sunday. I know that Lamont said he's laughing through his mask. That's where we are now. Uh, mask or normal. The day that we don't wear them, I kept... When they said, uh, well, at first they said, you know, or the, I guess, drip your faucet kind of uh, tall tale or whatever mm-hmm. they tell you. I kept automatically shutting it off just you're my conscience. You know what I mean? The very first night. Then they said, don't drip it at all. And you start thinking, this goes against everything I've ever been taught, right? Do I drip it or not? Are you saying you're more worried about your water than, than the pipes? What are, what are we doing? That's what that is. It, that's They're government officials. In totality, they were more worried about the water than your individual pipes at your house, you know, so you have to kind of, you know, make up your mind, which do you want to protect your house or, or do you want to try and be a good Samaritan for everybody and not waste water? You know, both are going to end up bad. It's just, you know, the water thing affects everybody. I'll tell you what affects everybody. The NFL coming out and saying that they hope to double the broadcast rights fees. Now, when you start thinking about this, you start trying to connect, well, Who's under that umbrella, right? Who's under that umbrella? Well, per report, CBS, Fox, and NBC are likely to accept the increases. Disney, on the other hand, they're saying not so fast. It's a lot of money. I mean, their, their original contract that runs through this season, Disney, which is you know basically ESPN, it, they were paying $1.9 billion, and – they want a lot more. Now Now the NFL is asking for $3.8 billion for Monday Night Football. I mean, my Lord, to, to go up that much. I, I can see why Disney's like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. And they want this deal to go down sometime here in March and get this extension taken care of. But, you know, Disney doesn't want to pay $3.8 billion. I can't blame them either because we know that Sunday Night Football is not paying anywhere near that much. And... To me, the better matchups are Sunday night football. You know, so often Monday night football is a game that if, if it wasn't for gambling or fantasy, I wouldn't even care to watch. And let's not even talk about Thursday night football. Yeah, same I mean, thing. That's just an add-on. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, I'm going to watch Jacksonville, you know, take on the Bengals. And you're just like, oh. How many bad Thursday night matchups have there been just in recent memory? You could think of them, and many times you would say, I don't even care to watch that game right. unless you had some kind of money tied to it. You don't even care to watch that game. And that's the big difference, though, and that's that's why a lot of these people are reluctant to say, yeah, I'll pay double. Or some will say, yeah, I need to pay double because there's a want for it. There's always going to be a want for Monday Night Football. There's, yeah. that, that's always going to be there. It's about what what is it worth to you. It is. and But to me, like I said, the Sunday night games I typically enjoy more, and it's the it's the finale of the whole slate of games, right? You know, you, you watch your your noon you know slate of games, your three o'clocks, and then usually that Sunday night game is maybe the game of the week because you have the flex option for Sundays. You know, if, if they have a bad matchup, they can flex out of it and get you a good matchup on Sunday night. You know, with Monday night football, that's just not the case because you know they're playing on a different day of the week and they don't want to tinker with the schedule. So that's why halfway through the season you get a bunch of stinker matchups. So, and look, ESPN's laid off a lot of people over the last year or two. They don't have the amount of, they're not looking to spend the amount of money they've been looking to spend previously. Do you think? Let's give it a timeline, and I'm, I'm sure I know they're under contract for X amount of years. But do you think that in this lifetime or or by the next contract? 
DirecTV will still have all the rights how they do now? Because I know quite a few people that have DirecTV specifically only that reason that they're the ones that carry the Sunday ticket. If they didn't have it, if there were somewhere else to get it, people wouldn't even have them. I stayed with them for years just because of that. I really did. But finally, I was done. They, they kept upping the rates, and then they'd give away you know, the Sunday ticket to people that were new signups for it. You're like, but what about but me? me? I've been here for all this. You won't even you know, give me a discount. I've been a customer for over a decade and paid this every year. 350 Yeah, and then they, they were making it to where here's what was the last straw. I asked, can I just get the Red Zone channel at a discount? And they were like, you know, just just that. Like, I don't even need all the games. Just give me the Red Zone channel for maybe half of what the Sunday ticket costs. You know, just so I could have that. They're like, no, you got to buy. They told me that, and this was a couple of years ago. They're like, no, you got to buy the entire Sunday ticket to get the Red Zone channel. And there's so many other providers that do have the Red Zone channel. They just, just don't have the Sunday yeah. ticket. So I was like, you know what? You know, I'm done with you, DirecTV. So I left them. I'm glad I did. I don't really miss it all that much. I watch the Red Zone channel, and and I enjoy it. And I pay significantly, way less. It's not even close. You can get the Red Zone channel for like, I don't know, ten bucks a month for the football. That's season. That's exactly what it you is. You know, and where you have to, it was like three hundred for the Sunday ticket. And, and, and I mean, it's they know the need is there. Yeah, they. I would literally have. Direct TV during football season, and then I would turn it into like a, almost like it was a vacation home, and then I would go to the other one just because I liked it better. The, the remote was better, everything. I just liked it better. But here we are, we're arguing with that. I think the I think the league is seeing though a lot of holes with the money that's been missing. They've already went one year missing it, right? They've already the, the, the money actually from the stands, from 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 the ticket sales. Now we're coming up on season. Two, when, once this is over, I don't even know what we'll be at. I heard that some of the some of the congressmen said that we'll we'll be back to normal by this time next year. Well, is it by like it, we're, we're we're thinking this time because then that'll be football season's over. So you're telling me we're going to go through another football season? Do you think we go through another football season? How it is, how it was, or now that we've already started having fans back, do they just open that up? If we went from, let's just throw out a number, 25%, do we just say, all right, we're going 50? I think that's going to depend on what state you're in, right? I mean, we're seeing, like, New York just opened up uh, in-room dining, like, this week. You know, like, we've had that here in Texas for quite some time. So I think depending on what state you're in, it's going to be a different amount of fans they let in. And then this goes back to the discussion we had with Aaron earlier if people are taking the vaccine or not, if people don't want to take it, how is anything that much different? You know, like how can they pack it to full capacity if, if people aren't vaccinated? I think I, I was, I was thinking about this the other night just to myself. And, and I think I got to the point to where it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. Cause I'm seeing some reports and they're like, man, hospitalizations are down. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of people taking the vaccination and then a little bit of people that have already had it. So many people have had it already. It's, it's almost like a herd immunity type of thing that, all right, well, man, so many people have had it. Who's left? Right. If you walk into a room now, remember when this first started, whenever you would, someone ask you, do you, do you know anyone that's had it? And you would think, no, I, I really don't. Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You remember <laughs> yeah. that? Like, th- think about where we are in life right now. When someone would ask you, it was like, You'd have to think, and you're thinking, man, no, I know somebody that somebody, my, my friend's cousin's brother, you know, like whatever. And then now it's like, do you know anybody 
any families that you can call out the whole family and say, man, none of, nobody's there had it in my in that friend's family. Like someone's had it in someone's family. Now that's where we're at. Oh, it is. It's completely gone the other way. It's it's less likely you'll see somebody that hasn't had it. You know, it, it's flipped like that. But we're learning that you know you can get it again. So it's you know it's not a long term solution. It's just you're kind of you know you're good for a few months after you have it, but then you can get it again. So yeah, I think we're in for another you know hard year but hopefully you know by the, exactly to your point Trey, maybe a year from today things are finally starting to get back to the new normal whatever that looks like let me give you this bet before we get out of here it's in france it's at two o'clock central standard time it's psg monaco and i'm telling you right now there's going to be goals all over this game because psg they've scored this amount they've scored two three four two three themselves at home so they've scored multiple goals in the last five games on the other side you have a monaco team that scored one four two three five so they also get on the board i see this game uh being just like the last five head-to-heads they've seen six four four seven and eight goals combined in the head-to-head this game has goals written all over it. Smash that bet, and that leaves us no time because we got to get out of here. So I'm signing off for the crew like we always do. This was Moneyline. That's Josh Jordan. That's Aaron Rayboard, and I'm Jerry Bonos with a Z. Peace. Loaded red rule. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.